welcome to another episode of Block Talk. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe or ever listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. Leave a five-star review while you're there. Did you know there is an easy way to help support the podcast and keep the show going? Buy Me a Coffee is an incredible new platform where you, the loyal Block Talk audience, can say thank you to your favorite host. All you have to do is show support with a few taps by leaving a little tip that's just like buying me a cup of coffee. And the great thing is, you don't even need to create an account. Visit buymeacoffee.com slash blocktalk and keep blocktalk going strong like a cup of coffee. And as always, follow me on Instagram and TikTok at michaelblocktalk, on Twitter at blocktalknyc, and visit theaterthenow.com for latest news reviews and interviews. The mystery of Little Pound Cake has been revealed as the queens get their improv on in another performance challenge that almost caught another queen quitting. But don't you worry, child, Mama Roo is there to scare them straight. So who got the laughs and who got their final laugh? It's time to talk all things Drag Race All-Stars 8, and it's time for It's Double Trouble on the pod, as I'm joined by Jenny Henney and Amps Accessories on Devin. How are you both? Hi, I'm doing great. Doing great, doing good. Oh man, I have no new drag news of the week. Thank God. Um, except really that they did announce that Drag Race España All Stars is coming soon. I don't know what coming soon actually means. The bodies are still warm on season three, so let them let them have a break. I don't know. That's yeah, fine. I mean, they just keep rolling them out. So they really do. At least it gives me something to talk about. That's all I care about. All right. Well, before we begin, as always, I must leave a disclaimer. This is an entertainment podcast. We are discussing reality TV show characters as presented to us through reality television production. We are shown what the editing of a television show wants us to see. We react to what is presented. Yes, these are real people that have been given the opportunity to go on television to share their crap, but they've also put themselves in a position to be discussed. What is said on this podcast is for entertainment to discuss a reality television show. And I'm going to make sure people listen to that part many times as I discuss what happens in this episode because I have a lot of feelings. This was a lot this episode. Yeah, definitely a lot. The the drama, the looks, everything. It was the drama that got me going because I just, I know it's real, but I also don't know how real that whole moment was. So we'll, we'll get through it. But before we dive into the episode, how have you both been feeling about the season as a whole? Jenny? Um, I've been feeling, <laughs> if you want honesty, I've been feeling it kind of mad about it. Um, I think um, some of the concepts have been great, but like the execution of the season overall, um, it just feels not exciting to me. Yeah, there have been a lot of questionable decisions, and I think that's really playing a factor in how we're consuming it. Because if we're feeling one way with the show saying, no, 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 but this is how it actually is, you're like, but really? At this point, why don't we just jump to the finale and give Jimbo the crown? Like, come on. Devin, what are your thoughts? Uh, overall, I guess with the season, I'm, I don't know, like I'm, I'm happy with so many people that got to come back. Some of them were long overdue in my mind. Mm-hmm. Some of them, uh, some of the looks were just you wonder who who was helping them get ready for this season i don't know uh, or was anybody helping them that uh, that's always my big thing um 
especially on an all-star season, you've been through it once, you know how the process works. And if you actually keep up with the program, you know what's expected at this point in time. Yeah, we've had a lot of queens who haven't been on for a couple of years, but they should know better that like it's not going to fly doing it that way anymore. Um, now, Devin, we'll talk about you a lot this episode. It's just going to, it's just how it is. Okay. <laughs> but prior to this episode, how have you felt your jewels have been represented on your clients? I'm, no matter, no matter how they do in a challenge, no matter if they're eliminated or not during that episode, I'm, I don't know, I'm just happy to work with these people. They're amazing people. Like, I, every season people come back, like, like I was so thrilled to see Mrs. Kasha go back, Darian go back. Like whether they did amazing or not, like I'm, I think just they, I'm just happy to work with them and kind of build that vision for them and like work with them to create that overall concept. And um, that's, yeah, like I'm, I have no disappointment in it. I'm so. getting very, very, very close to being able to spot an Amped Accessories original. <laughs> um i've gotten to that point where like i i am i'm almost there uh there, there's a few that i'm like oh not quite but um yeah it's it must be cool to see your work represented on the main stage yeah i'm i was like when we we started in 2015 and like when you start you're like oh it's gonna do, go for big things and we're gonna do this and we're gonna do that and uh i i guess it was always a goal to be in that position but at the same time I anybody we work with like whether they're on drag race or not like I'm just happy to work with any of them because it's just such a creative process and just the people in general that do drag or drag adjacent or whatever classification it is now I don't I can't keep up um they're just all creative people and you just want to work with them and kind of bring stuff to life for them so um but we have we have had a, a good amount of representation this season like yeah there are some heavy hitters with it so well, Jenny, now you made a connection. If you when when you get the phone call, there there's a person to get your jewels from. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we've we've right. been through the process a few times, so <laughs> let's get into this episode. Candy has won her first challenge and now feels like a true contender for the crown. Why? Well, because that's what you were told prior to filming. Um, that's my feeling about Candy Muse this season, is she's just there to get to the finale anyway, shape or form, she has to do it. Anyway, she won thirty thousand dollars and I want $30,000 um, for candy. It's a lot of chicken tenders and ranch for me. If I got $30,000, I want to go on a vacation. Now let's say you won $30,000 by lip syncing. Where would you take yourself on a vacation with that kind of dough? And let's say it's an American coin, Devin, we're using American dollars. Uh, so that's about 40,000, 42,000 Canadian, <laughs> uh, which at the other day, it doesn't go any farther. Um, I don't know, like I'm I want to go to Australia. I haven't been there yet. I want to go back to Europe again. Um like my list is always growing. Um I don't know. I just, I well, well Devin, if you do go to Drag Expo, uh, you're taking me. Thank you. <laughs> we're we're trying to figure the logistics out for, for August for that. Cause Amazing. I'm I'm in I I'm at an event the weekend before, and then I fly to another city to see Pink in concert in Washington and then going right from there to uh, like not even going home so we're trying to figure that out how can Living we live in the dream <laughs> jenny where's your vacation spot hmm i mean uh there's so many places i want to go um 
I would love to go to overseas, like the UK. I've never been to the UK, so I feel like that would be like a fun change of pace. It's fun. I went there for the first time in January. I enjoyed myself. I wish I had more time to play and explore, but um, I want to go when it's warmer. It was. It, was, it wasn't that it was cold. It was just not as pretty, and it was too dark for most of the day. Like I, eight o'clock sunrise. I can't deal with that shit. No. Uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> All right, Lala is still posing, and that's because that's what she does, even though she did not serve in that look. Now, James's mirror message says that uh, she shit in one of their spots. I mean, I wouldn't put it past her. Who do you think she targeted, Jenny? Um, who's still there? Um, I mean, probably Candy. Candy for sending her home. I was should be. I would say her or maybe Jimbo because I think Jimbo could actually take the joke. Jimbo would do that too. And or maybe she just said she did it, and then the entire time they're still there, they're all going to be on toes of like, where could it be? It's true. It's very possible. <laughs> so as the girls sit, the conversation goes to Jessica and her teeth, and Kahana says that they look better than hers, and she got hers done. Um, great is that just the thing when you go on drag race that you just automatically get every part of your body your body just enhanced the kind of money you make now but isn't it the running joke of that they get all-stars lips oh all-stars lips right um or just isis couture lips on a daily basis yeah those are big Mm -hmm. those are those those are wraps um Anyway, Lala is going to ask for a reference for the dentist, and apparently Kahana's going to send her a recommendation. But it's time to discover the truth of what's in the box, and Kahana still cannot open that damn box. What is so difficult about opening that fucking box? Every other girl is able to do it, but Kahana Montrese. I mean, honestly, I kind of relate to that, because, like, if I had nails on, like, I can't do anything when I have nails on. But I would open a box. Now, it's revealed that all the votes were once again unanimous, but this time for James, and Kahana thanks them as Jessica tells her it was a difficult decision. And I still just want to know how it goes from Kahana almost being eliminated to not a single vote for her. What did James do to get herself eliminated? No one's talking about it. No one's giving us any tea. Did they not like her? I don't know. I I heard bits but of course it's all just people assuming but i forget who even said it um just that they're i think they all banded together they're like you know what let's send james home yeah i i heard like little bits like that everyone like in the cast like from different like different cast members said on different occasions they thought that james should have been like in the bottom in the first episode so maybe that's just kind of like carried over and they were like interesting hey like that that's a good good reason to send the bitch home now alexis will justify it with kahana having a win and i'm still not sure i fully believe um alexis and i i adore alexis but there's a lot of things that come out of her mouth this episode i was like i don't know if it's genuine or not but we're we're gonna get to that Lala reveals that she doesn't vote on track record just on how she feels and i kind of want to go back in time and actually see how that played out um, see if she was a swing vote for any eliminations. Because um, she could have been a spoiler because there were some close calls early on. Kahan appreciates her sister's support, but uh, them bottoms are getting to her. Meanwhile, the bottoms are not getting to me. It is Pride Month. Don't I deserve like 10 bottoms this month? Like what is going on? 
It's not fair. All right. It's the top six. (laughs) What? Tell us how you really feel. I know, right? It's the top (laughs) six, and only Lala and Alexis are without a win. It's time to pop off. And Lala just wants that money for the lip sync. She doesn't care about actually winning her tracker. She just wants money. And I kind of felt seen. I just need money right now. Um, But Jimbo says, now at the top six, it's harder to vote based on track record. As things go on, it will get more tangled. The only way to stay safe is to win. They have made it another week, and Lala does not know how to count or go to the table on cue. She is still hung up on not winning the Ruskal, but I'm sure when she watched it back and realized she was saved by the skin of her teeth, um, she didn't really mean that she wanted to win. She should have been in the bottom. But alas, Lala has a fire inside of her that she is going to pull out, weaves, and put on the Vaseline on the face. I didn't know what that meant, but apparently, she says, when you're in the hood, when a girl tries to claw your face, it just slides right off. Um, I feel like that's just a night out of the gay bar anywhere. Yeah, there's there's a lot of tinted moisturizers happening in those bars, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's no time for chit-chat as alarm blares and Rue's message gives them clues for a crime. Time to lawyer up and Jimbo thinks they're going to go shoplifting, which I think that would be a fun, like, design challenge. Go to a big store, go shoplifting, and then, like, actually have production pay for the um goods that they get right that would be fun you yeah. know world of wonder and paramount have enough money to to no they don't know you know these bitches are going to be getting the high class shit They're, they don't have time Mm-mm. now rue asks if they swear to spill the tea the whole tea and nothing but the tea and they do because this week's match challenge they need to use their charisma uniqueness nerve and talent to improv their way through the new rue crime series forensic queens in this episode, it's what happened to Lil Poundcake. And for those who don't remember, she was the puppet from season five created by Alaska and Lanasha Sparks. Remember her? Does anyone know what's going on with Lanasha Sparks? Um, I mean, I saw some pictures, I think, fairly recently, and she looks good. <laughs> Still doing drag? Yeah. It's interesting because I like season five was such a big, amazing season. Why is her name not been thrown out there? Why did we get Serena Cha-Cha? I don't get it. I don't get it. Also, Serena Cha-Cha, not a drag con LA this year. Very interesting. Hmm. Maybe she was canceled. I don't know. All right. They're going to play detective suspects, eyewitnesses, and things of that nature. They will have no script as they will have to create the funny characters and improv their padded asses off. For either of you true crime fans ish i can i can appreciate it and like kind of watch it it's more background noise with anything i watch that's that's why i do it i listen to podcasts all the time to fall asleep and then i will get to a point where i'm like interested in but i'm already asleep and i'm like do i go back and listen to it and i'm like nah i'll just listen to a new one and discover the case later on jenny do you watch them um kind of more so i guess recently than before it, it has to be like a special occasion but sometimes i get like sucked down the rabbit hole and like i'm just like on different podcasts on different videos about like true crime and i mean we're currently uh, if anyone's read the news like in the midst of a true crime mystery uh as this <laughs> this submarine is mysteriously gone searching for the um the titanic it's got to be like the Bermuda Triangle or there's aliens in the sea or Atlantis, right? Like, this does not happen. This is not, this is too coincidental or it's a PR plot. 
Yeah, I'm interested to see what happens and if they're able to find this submarine. It's so strange. Devin, it's so strange. Like, how does a submarine going to the wreckage of the Titanic disappear? Because you got to have some pretty pretty good technology just to even get there. Correct. So you think they have technology to know where they're at. Yes. I'm uh, listen, I don't I didn't believe in the supernatural before, but I'm convinced there's some supernatural in that ocean. Rigamore. Um, if you were featured on a crime true crime, what do you think your role would be? I'd probably be the killer. Like that's obvious. Everyone knows that's probably gonna be the case one day. I'd probably just be serving sandwiches on the sidelines. Yeah, that's that's your part. <laughs> you're, you're just the eyewitness. Yeah, just sitting and judging the whole time. That's shocking. <laughs> I feel like I would probably be like the killer's friend who was mm-hmm. like, I didn't know this whole time that they were a killer. Yeah, yeah. Nice. I would have never assumed that would happen. <laughs> well, the queens assume their positions on the couch to read through the character descriptions and the brief of the scene. Alexis thinks this is another challenge she can excel at. And we know when she says that the producers are like, no, you can't because that does not fit with the master plan fantasy. Let's be real. If I were judging this season, Alexis would be a front runner for the crown because she'd have a couple wins at this point. But alas, I'm not. Here's what our scene is about. On the set of an unaired season of All Stars, everyone on the set is a suspect. We have I'm a Fox, a conceited pageant queen, cutthroat, would do anything to win, detective I need a clue, love solving crimes, but more concerned with being famous, forensic examiner evidence. She is a specialist in finding the clues no one else sees. District Attorney Effie Lee Bailey, salty no-nonsense season lawyer, security guard Sherry Coleman, she has questionable past, also uses the word eloquent to describe things she likes. And finally, you're a drag who found out Lil Pound Cake was sleeping with her boyfriend, and she's still upset by the betrayal. Now, based simply off of the descriptions, Jenny, which part would you have picked? Um... Honestly, I think maybe the forensic scientist. Mm-hmm. That one sounds like you could do the most with it. Absolutely. Uh, Devin, now we, we do know um, in a secret life, you do do drag on, on the side. Um, which part would you have played? Well, it's very much on the on the side of the side of the side now, because it's very it's much basically retired from it. But. Bullshit. Uh, hey, hey. I still spend as much on drag now as I did when I was actually performing. So <laughs> that's fair. Uh, I don't know. I, I forget what, what their names were. I would have probably been whoever Jessica or Kahana were because I could just be in a gown and look pretty. So that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> All right. Well, Jimbo's goal is to find a character that she can make herself laugh with and be silly and just make shit up like my life, making it up as I go. Candy will start us off and say that she likes need a clue because she's nosy and that is called typecasting jimbo will say she can do the examiner it's hers what does kahana want to do well nothing is speaking to her because she's already defeated and the challenge hasn't even begun she is shaking in her boots as she has been struggling in the acting challenges all season and here they go again and i gotta say we are very heavy when it comes to acting challenges this season but i feel like all stars kind of does that anyway It's this season, like looking back at it up until this point, it's very much been in Jimbo's favor. All these challenges, like there's not been a challenge that Jimbo would not excel at. Yeah, I feel like it was it was a little 
weird without the talent show at first. I feel like that kind of mm-hmm. like off like our perspective with the challenges. But yeah, there have been a lot, a lot of all mixed together, like improv yeah. and acting challenges. And it, it's interesting because last year um, with All Stars, we didn't have the talent show until the end also. Um, but it worked because of the format was different. But I think having a talent show in the beginning feels better. Now, Jimbo will say that I'm a fox fits her. So Kahana uh, for Kahana says either I'm a fox or you're a drag. Jessica says those are her too. She likes you're a drag more. So Kahana's going to take I'm a fox. Now, Lexus says she wants to do the security guard, but Lala likes it as well. Is there anyone else that she would consider? No. So fine. Alexis will say it sounds really funny, but Lala knows the character as she's a drunk auntie who lies a lot and can't say a lot of words the correct way. She's going to keep Miss Coleman. Alexis obliges as long as she gets to be the detective. Now, remember back at the beginning of the segment, um, that's what Candy wants. Now, Alexis will ask her about the district attorney as she believes there is not a huge difference. So rather than be a team player and discuss, Candy once again goes into survival attack mode as she tells Alexis to do the role. She tells her if there isn't a difference, why don't you do it? Now, remember last week also when Candy didn't have a second pick and fought to have her way? It's all coming back to them now. All fair and love in Drag Race, but at some point you gotta play nice or the fandom is going to see you as a villain. Um, Candy's way of playing is very, very aggressive. Is this how you play an all-star season? Hmm. I I guess just in general, I see it as just the person who kicks and screams the most. You just don't want to deal with it. You're like, fine, whatever. And she's just playing that card all the time that she's mm-hmm. just loud and in their face about it. And nobody wants to stand up to her. And then when somebody does, she's like, she doesn't know how to react except being louder. Right. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like she she knew what she wanted and there was like that slight hesitation in um, Alexis Michelle's like voice or like way of going about it. And she was she kind of she caught she caught on to that and she's like, well, if you're not dead set on this, then I'm just going to take it. Yeah. So Alexis is going to start to get visibly upset as she doesn't understand why Candy should get her first choice and she doesn't. Um, and I will say, not recalling to the previous week, um, this was Alexis' downfall in the fight. But alas, you're heat, in the heat of the moment. You don't always remember the things that amplify your point. If Alexis had said, but you did the same tactic last week, perhaps Candy would have backed off. But Candy's going to justify her stance and say that she did this. She said this is who she likes, not who she's doing. Alexis is going to say she did the same thing. But Candy will say that Alexa's just throwing it on her that the roles are different, aren't different, and says that she should do it. Candy will say that she doesn't like the passive aggressiveness and says that Alexis has a lot of it. To be fair, it's not passive, it's just aggressive. Like the both of them are they're both being aggressive. Candy says that there are ways to get a role if more people want it. And once again, I say this is where you recall what happened with no more wire hangers. Candy gets her way once again. Now, Alexis, visibly shaken with Candy, accuses her of trying to trick her. She doesn't appreciate the attitudes in the room. Alexis thinks she's being a team player and Candy is being immature, but she also doesn't want to get into a fight over the decision. So she will kowtow and be the bigger person yet again. She will do the DA. And now Alexis starts crying. I mean, 
I would too in this situation. I don't like being in those kind of positions. I've been in positions like that. Dare I say at DragCon in Los Angeles. Sometimes nasty people don't realize how unreasonable they are. Then try to play the victim and ruin your vibe. And I'm not going to use the you know, bully word for candy and insistence, but she's not someone that I don't think I could be around in this kind of situation. I, I, I it would break me down. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I feel like if I was ever on this show, I would like, and there came like a, I was put in the position where I like had like wanted the same part as someone else. Like I would totally like cave in and just give it to them because I do not like those kinds of situations at all. Yeah, and I, like the re the reality of reality TV is you have to have that kind of personality where you can fight for yourself because at the end of the day, this is fighting for your survival in the show. Um, but the thing that Candy just hasn't shown yet is her ability to adapt and say, "I am that bitch. I can do anything." She's not proving that. And that's a sign of maybe she is a little nervous. She's playing it very safe. Well, Candy cannot with his dramatics and walks away. Now, remember that when we get to the big talking to later, the hypocrisy is going to be very alive and well in this workroom. Candy calls this emotional blackmail and there is the aggressor trying to play the victim. But it's really rich that Candy has had it with the dramatics and crying as she has been in the center of the dramatics every single time. As I said before, I gotta look in the mirror and see yourself at the common denominator and realize that you are there when this all happens. But I don't think Candy is the type of person who can see it that way, nor will she, should someone point it out to her. She believes she's in the right and there's just no way around that. The, the pressures of the competition are real, and as a sensitive and emotional person, Alexis says that sometimes she questions if a competition setting is a place for her. Isn't that what the psych evaluation is for? You think, so? yeah, it you seems think like they would figure that out for them? Yeah, it seems like we're getting a lot of that this, this season in particular. It's well, that's what's interesting is like, again, maybe I, because I watch everything, it's happening all over the world. Like there's four, four or five quits in the past 12 months. Is the show just too much for people? Or, or do you have to like, before you press submit on your audition tape, like have to be like, wait, can I actually handle the pressure of a competition? Because there are a lot of queens out there who go on drag race who haven't gone through the competition circuit, if you will, of the world of drag and nightlife. Like a lot of drag artists um, prior to the mainstream drag race had to do competitions, whether it was a one night bar competition or a full on pageant. And I feel like there's a lot of competitors going on drag race who's just never been through that. So they don't know that kind of pressure. Devin, what's your advice for someone who's not done a competition to understand what a competition is going to be like? You're around the competition world. Uh, it, I guess depends how you look. Some people like they thrive on competition because that pushes them and makes them think quicker, and they just they like the atmosphere of not necessarily comparing themselves to others, but like, it pushes them and motivates them to like work harder. Um, other people they 
might not be the best in competition because it's a reality check for them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, I, and as much as you're preparing like your looks and you're getting stuff ready, you just, you don't know what it's going to be like until you get there. And I think everyone I've ever talked to, they all say the same thing. They're like, we did not know what to expect. Now, now, Jenny, I, I see some crowns in the background of your um, your Zoom. Uh, you, you, you've done some competitions before and you've done well. What is your advice for going into a competition setting? Um, my advice would probably be like, you have to like separate yourself from the competition. Like you can't go in comparing yourself, like trying to be better than other people because then that's when and you see it a lot in drag race like with kahana this episode and a lot like you're you're comparing your acting skills to someone who does acting all the time like you just kind of have to go in and present like the most you thing that you can present and just do your best and hope it's good enough because like at the end of the day it is kind of subjective a lot of things that have to do with drag um so like you have to follow the rules but at the same time you have to just like have fun and just be yourself absolutely all right we're gonna break from the couches where candy tells lala and kahana that she came into the competition to focus on her and win two hundred thousand dollars bitch you you could do that but there are other people in the rule you got room you got to handle them as well you got to know that their emotions are going to play into your journey as well alexis is going to go get air and as soon as she does Jessica and Jimbo will do that thing where someone walks away and you do that face of like, what the fuck? Um, We've all been there. We've been both sides of that person. Uh, It's kind of mean, but also hilarious. The fact that Jessica is just not having Alexis is crying this season at all and showing her face and becoming a meme. It's kind of funny. Like kudos to the editor who knew that was going to happen. And and it's funny because Jessica doesn't know how funny she is. She has no idea. She has no idea. But she's just like I've worked with her a lot, and she's just the nicest. Mm-hmm. But she she says what she feels, but she has this like funny side that she does not realize is even there. It's absolutely. It's so good. I mean, I recall my interview with her at DragCon last year, prior to I guess literally probably a couple of weeks before they started filming uh, this season. It was one of the funniest uh, interviews. Like she was barely paying attention because she was flirting with my assistant, but it didn't matter. It was a fun interview. She's a really really fun person. Um. Alexis is going to come back and Jimbo is going to do this weird, happy, happy in your heart thing as she's rubbing Alexis's chest. And I was like, be careful. That bitch is horny. You don't know what you're going to unlock. She's not, she's not afraid to Kai Kai with a contestant. <laughs> you said it. I did not say anything. You said it. Um, I, but she bluntly said that at the beginning, cause she was all over the reads. So she I was did. like, it's out there. I'm not saying nothing new. Um, speaking of not happy in the heart, there's Kahana who is checking out. She says this is taking from her spirit. The energy is not for her. It's another acting challenge. She knows her fate. She doesn't know how she'll be better this time and tells the girls they're going to need to find somebody else to play. I'm a fox. She's good. She's out. Now, Kahana wants to go home and even starts to pack. Jim will ask what's going on here. And we were going to hear Jessica say candy, which I don't think was the intention. But I mean, the energy in the room. Kahana was stirred by Miss Muse. So I think it was a weird editing moment. Kahana doesn't want to have another bad week. She wants to remove herself before she gets hurt. And it's really interesting to watch this all fold because Candy is literally the one in the room um, to let Kahana do this while the others are trying to get her to stay. 
uh true colors i mean to candy it's just another step closer with another queen gone but this is a she emergency according to jessica wilde she is ready for our margarita so am i what's your favorite kind of margarita what are we going to have after this podcast yes yes okay (laughs) any kind of margarita frozen or on the rocks i'm honestly i'm not actually a huge tequila person so one of the I, I know. I'm from Alberta. Do they not have tequila in Canada? No, like we have tequila, but like I live in like Ranch Central, like we're the Texas of Canada. Oh, so it's right. like that, that checks out. whiskey mean. and bourbons and that's, and I don't, don't drink those either, but it's, uh, if it's in a mixed drink, I don't mind it, but I'd say like on the rocks is probably the best way to go. Yeah. Jenny, what about you? Um, I feel like um, I feel like I would go for like a frozen margarita. Um, I love a frozen strawberry margarita or a frozen like coconut lime. That's um, I would love like a mango margarita. Oh, good, good call. Anything, nice. anything fruity. I, I love a good fruity margarita. That checks out. That makes sense. All right. Lala's going to sit there because she wants to be a drag queen that has fun and live her best life. And I was like, is that even possible nowadays to be a drag queen that has fun and live her best life? Not in America. Um, so you know how this is, you know, reality television and, um, the show can't go on if shit goes down. The red alert button was pushed. Mama Roo is coming to the rescue. She tells the girls to gather around and we know this was an unscripted moment because Rue is like, where are we going to do this? Tell me where to stand. Um, we're going to film this for all to see. No behind the scenes pep talk or rally. This is happening with the cameras watching. Before we dive into the content of what Rue's going to say, should it have been done on camera? Or do you think this is a uh, stop the, the filming, let's have a real talk? Um, I mean, I think it was very purposely done on camera. Um, I like that was like the perfect like reality TV kind of moment yeah. that like the point was still gotten across to the girls. But... Right. Devin, what do you think? I don't see the downside of doing it on camera because I think that helps to like show other people that are watching, even if they interpret it as all oh, it was fully scripted. I think it shows the viewing audience that shit's real. <laughs> like <laughs> their feelings are real and we don't we don't see half of it. But it's I think it's like the pressure's real and it's very stressful. And they're, they're in that atmosphere for weeks nonstop. Mm-hmm. So um, they, they, I think showing is not a bad thing. It shows that, yeah, there's a, there's a breaking point sometimes. You just need to take a step out for a second. Are there people out there who still watch Drag Race who actually believe that each episode is filmed over the course of a week? Do they, are there people that still believe that? Maybe. It's not. It's, it that's the thing that kills me is like last me. week last week stop girls i know you're doing that because they they told you to say that but we, we know it's not a week ago this happened yesterday i i think at most it's like four days per week yeah. because it's like one day for one day and then the next day is the runway and then they might have a day or two between of yeah. depending on the challenge on set. yeah yeah all right mom is there straighten shit out as she was on her break uh, this is like being called to the principal's office. 
Um, she wants to set them straight before they make any mistakes that they can't undo. And she tells them they have these feelings as they are under a lot of pressure, but reminds them that feelings are not facts. She will then tell them that they are going to do this because, quote, I'm a professional. Um, and yeah, child, that was when Angry Rue came out. She is like, you're not ruining my television show. And if you are, we are going to get an Emmy out of this moment. She tells them to not let their feelings sabotage their experience in this life remember in a saboteur this is her now feeling sabotage she reminds them that it's the greatest stage in the world for them to present their act on and to not let the bigger things derail the bigger picture candy who was not there for the dramatics or crying mere moments ago will now be seen crying as she says it's hard to see the bigger picture when you're in the situation because there's so many emotions happening she says, just because you have one emotional day doesn't mean you have to throw away this opportunity. As Alexander Hamilton once said, I am not going to throw away my shot. And that's a musical theater reference to all you gays who love musical theater. Rue reminds them about all the bitches who can't get a job and work in the business for years and never get had any recognition. So is Kahana ready to pack her shit and go? She says... No, she's here for her. And that was the most mommy dearest moment as she stammers and says, no, no, I'm here for myself. Um, Rue then calls out Alexis for crying the whole damn competition. And at least we got a laugh out of it. That was so mean. That was so mean. She, it, was, it was. I think Rue was like so pissed off. She's like, I'm just going to make everyone who's uh, crying just feel bad. She didn't have to go that hard into Alexis, right? No, because I think there's like some people they're just naturally more emotional and sensitive than others. And that's their way of having their feelings. And it doesn't make it good or bad. But it's, I guess pointing it out being like, no, shame on you for crying is <laughs> probably not the best route to go. <laughs> that's fair. Rue says that they are all sensitive children. She knows their stories. And it's like, bullshit. You don't even know their names. How could you know their stories? Very much that. <laughs> Everyone is crying, as Rue tells them. They are building their empires to be on top of the world. And Rue knows that these girls have the power to be bigger than her. And she's openly admitting it. And for her to do that, she knows danger is in the room. She is not about to let her show simply implode because of one bad apple. Rue ends it by telling them to have fun because this is a fun experience. And that it is the producer in her earpiece saying drag is fun. And that's what we sell our show as drag is fun. All right, um, Jenny, what was your overall impression of this whole Rue saving the day moment? I mean, like I said before, I think it was definitely a moment where they like they wanted to get it on camera. They wanted this like this Emmy winning reality TV show moment. But at the same time, I also think it was like really, it was really nice because like, I think anyone can see what she was saying and seeing like that it's okay to like, you know, have a bad day, be in your head, that kind of stuff. But like at the end of the day, you're there for you, whether it be like a reality TV show or your job or anything that you do in life, like you're doing all that for yourself. So I think it was nice. There have been many moments of Drag Race history where I was like, oh my God, I want to know what was cut from this scene, whatever. This is now the scene that I want to know what did not make it to air. Because I know Rue have a lot more to say. I want to know what did not make it to air. 
Um, Devin, did you enjoy this moment? Would you have been scared shitless if Rue yelled at you? Mm. Like, I think there's there's good and bad to it. I think I don't know. Like, I I don't like confrontation in the first place. So I'm like, ah, shit. What kind of twist is happening to our challenge now? Right. <laughs> ah, there's a twist. The plot thickens. So. Well, after a rough morning, Jessica's feeling embarrassed that Mama Rue had to put her children in place. She really let them have it. But it was necessary. As Jessica says, Rue brought them here because they are special. It is time to get ready and focus on the challenge and don't fuck it up. I don't know how much time had passed, but they cut right to the next scene talking about the security guard with Lala and Candy's looking like nothing just happened. But Lala is going to play it over the top with big titties. She's in a lot of scenes. And as Candy says, it's good because the more scenes you're in, the more you can make a mark or fuck up. And there it is. Candy is back in the game. She didn't lose a beat. She's back in playing my games. Lala says she has to win this week and it's important for her to win. It's important that the editors put a counter on how many times she says she's going to win in a single confessional. And that was 10 times. Uh, don't play a drinking game to that one because you might die. Kahana will chat with Jimbo and ask her how she literally lets herself go when she starts acting. And Jimbo says it's finding the joy in sharing it. Kahana wants to be there as it's all in her mind that she wanted to go. And Jimbo will tell her it was finding the voice, which is a German. And it's pretty good and very stereotypical, the voice that Jim was going to give us in that mo- moment. Kind of like a villain from like an early 2000s comedy film. Jimbo tells, uh, tells her to find the joy and lean on it and she can have fun. She's appreciative of Jimbo, who doesn't mind that she's in a comfortable um, space to deliver. It's real and she'll fuck with Jimbo for that. This is sisterhood. And I kind of remember pre-season, there were people telling me that Jimbo was going to be like the villain of the season. No one got along with Jimbo. And I was like, did you get your wires mixed up? Like, that's not even the case. Jim was kind of like going for miscongeniality this season. Is, is that, am I missing something? She's a good person. She's, yeah, she's a sweetheart. So, so nice. Yeah, Kahana will be, yeah, go ahead. You know. Kahana's going to be channeling the girls in the dressing room, uh, knowing how intense it can get. She's been working with a lot of showgirls. She knows what it's going to be. That's going to be her character. And Jimbo tells her that her point of view is funny and beautiful and the world wants to see it. Um, Yeah, I love Jimbo. This made me love her even more. Even if I wouldn't necessarily subscribe to the things she was saying, it's coming from a good place. And you don't see that that much in this industry, do we? We see a lot of vindictive, evil people trying to get ahead. I know. Drag queen's crazy. Crazy. Never. It's time to solve a case as it's not going to solve itself. And the girls are getting into faces. They are figuring out as they go along. Jessica will do her eyes and that's going to help her find out who her character is. Um, is that a thing in drag? Like when you put your eyes on, oh my God, I'm in, in, in the fantasy. Like what is the moment where you find your character, Jenny? Um, honestly, I feel like when I put the wig on and then I can, you know, yeah. play with my hair, I feel like that's the moment for me. That's fair. Devin, is it the jewels? No, it's I. Once I put my lashes on, then I was like, ah, gotcha. Then I get because my hair is always pulled back anyway in a ponytail, so I'm already. Oh my god, that's so stylish and hip. Yeah, (laughs) I I man bun it. (laughs) 
All right. Jessica knows this is going to be a difficult challenge. It's not only there are no scripts, she has to create the character while trying trying to do it fast and translate everything. And that's when I would have advised her to be like, use Spanish to your advantage, like make that part of your character bit. Now let's get to one of the most cringe and uncomfortable moments. Now, Alexis, once again, being the bigger person, will ask Candy how she's doing. And she will very much be unaffected if she says she's good and focusing on the challenge. Now, I understand she was doing her brow in that moment. And that's one of the parts of your face that you don't you don't fuck with, because if you have brows that are not sisters and cousins, ooh, it's not going to work. But Alexis is going to tell her that she considers her a sister and sometimes sisters get into it. She knows they have a scene together and had fun with her in Snatch Game and everything in the competition. She just wants to have fun. Candy will say that her thing is to never get into things with sisters. So she will apologize if she came off too strong as it wasn't her intention was this genuine do, do we believe it in this moment yeah i'm on the fence on it yeah you can go either way because they're all playing they could be playing the pageant system of you know, we're just gonna say what say what they want me to say even though i might not mean it but i have other intentions underneath it so now, Alexis is convinced this is going to deepen their sisterhood as family can get into it and get over it. I know myself, and if I had a problem with someone, I would be giving them the cold shoulder until they came to apologize to me. So I appreciate what Alexis did. I give her credit. I couldn't do it. Um, Alexis got hurt, and she's the one trying to mend the situation. I personally feel she shouldn't have had to, but hey, you got to be in a good place to improvise, as we've seen what happens when personal shit infuses itself into the challenges shit goes down so you want to be in a good place um what a wild work day in the workroom uh it's definitely gonna go down her street and queens going on the show in the future don't do this again no more excuses i don't think rue's gonna be as generous next time are you ready to talk about forensic queens yes it's time to begin, and because it was improvised and a lot of Elimination Day dialogue features discussions of what happened in the challenge, we're going to see the challenge edited together now rather than watching it on the main stage, which is kind of a departure for how the format of the show usually works, but I understand why it was done this way. Rue will serve as our narrator, which I have to say, she's got a good voice for voiceover. It's recognizable, but not distracting. So good job, Rue. We're going to learn that the events of the disappearance of Little Pound Cake will happen during the filming of a new season of Drag Race All-Stars. We get to see the behind the scenes of it all. I got to wonder, do the crew get paid to be like extras in this scene? Because they technically were extras. I would have asked for money. Maybe they got them. I mean, I feel like they should, they should have. Right? Seeing Little Pound Cake made me ask where the four-foot-tall legend has been this entire time. I'm telling you, World of Wonder, if you are listening to me right now, it's very possible you are. Please let me curate a Drag Race Hall of Fame museum exhibition for you. You can put it in Vegas outside of the Flamingo stage. You can travel around the country. Whatever you want to do, let me curate it. We need a Drag Race Hall of Fame. There is so much memorabilia that could go into it. There are so many queens who are selling their looks from the show. Why not buy it back from them and put it in a Hall of Fame? But really, where the fuck has Lil Pound Cake been this entire time? 
Probably in our basement. Rue's basement. Um, Past contestants who did not make it far are in Rue's basement. Um, That's the fantasy that we need. Devin, do you know where Little Pound Cake was? Do you even remember Little Pound Cake? I remember, yeah. Just because I'm old doesn't mean I'm forgetful. Well, it might mean it, yeah. (laughs) They probably Um, have stashed away somewhere. Probably. I think the fact that this whole scene was played so straight and yet the events events were so gay this was just very incredibly camp and really one of the better challenges in in recent memory do we think alaska was aware of this bit prior to filming no i don't think so either they're not that generous um, okay, so remember what I said earlier about how I can clock some Amps accessories? Uh, Jessica Wild wearing them during this challenge. Uh, very loud, very proud. Um, Devin, would, would you like to talk about those earrings? Well, I was, as soon as I saw them, like, okay, are they, like, giving the earrings the close-up? Because they were, like, excessively prominent. They were. Like... I think there's more earring than her face in the shot at some point. <laughs> I'm like, all right. Okay, I'm not mad at it. So those are they're they're pretty cute. So those what I would assume were probably earrings that she just had brought with her, not necessarily for a specific look. Um I'm trying to remember like it's either she probably got them at Dragon before, right before, or because we did send we did some stuff with her like specifically gotcha. for the show um i it's more likely that that was part of the stuff we sent her that's for, right. like after after drag con so i think jessica did very well she is actually very good at improvising um just because she doesn't realize the things that come out of her mouth are just so funny very much how Alyssa edwards is that kind of comedian it's like she she really sold me on getting extra guacamole on my tacos now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Kahana played the same role she played in the TV TV series challenge. I think she should have opted for a bigger, different role because it would have been out of her comfort zone. And because it was improvising, you really can do whatever you want. And I think she could have gone somewhere different. Um, but let's be real. La La Ray was the star of this challenge. She was so stupid between the golf cart and the flask and the Sharisha, but the shot is silent. Uh, it was giving me Madison from She-Hulk vibes for uh, those Marvel listeners. And the way that she just deflected in the questioning, very stupid. She was very brilliant. And then Candy. Play Candy. There's no denying it. Um, and I hope that she knows that moving forward, she will need to play roles out of her comfort zone as well. But the line saying she's really not, she's not really a detective, she's a nosy ass bitch could have been really funny because if she had leaned into like that internet sleuth thing that pervades the world of uh, true crime, that could have been a funny angle for her to play. I don't think Candy just, she was too literal. Let's talk about Taco Tuesday. So stupid. And she committed to it. I too like soft shell with carne asada and guacamole. It is, in fact, expensive. What's your favorite kind of taco? And where do you get it from? Jenny? Um, I love good. I love a good um chicken taco. Um 
um, from everywhere, but I too also have to have guacamole. So I was literally when, like, I was like, she was reading me at the same time. <laughs> she was like saying that, and I was I was living for every moment. Devin, do you have Taco Bell in Canada? Uh, we have a few, um, but we have something called Taco Time, which is like similar. But like okay. mm-hmm. not this like it's similar but not the same. Okay. Um, but like yeah, they do like tip like same kind of stuff. And do you have yeah, Chipotle? Do I? I think we. If we do, I don't go there. It's honestly I'm drawing a blank. I think we do. Chipotle's not your life. Chipotle's my life. Oh my god, I love Chipotle. I had I had Chipotle when I was in LA though. I know that much. You went to you got Chipotle when you're in LA, where the best street tacos in the world, besides Mexico, are. Really? Well, I went to Mexico after DragCon and I had tacos there. <laughs> um, Jenny, I can tell you like Chipotle. I too. I'm 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 a big Chipotle. Yeah, Chipotle's good. Chipotle's good. Um, I think Chipotle should sponsor Jessica Wild. That's the com- That's the collaboration we all deserve. Yeah, my honestly, my favorite moment was when um, she said "ETB card." Like I was, I was cracking up. <laughs> EBT, ETB, it doesn't matter. She got the point, and I think that's what I, Bahana needed to do for her character. She played it very to the facts. She needed to have some humor and stupidity as well. If she played her as a jealous bimbo, it could have been funny. Um, Lala and Eloquent, dumb. Is so dumb that I never want to hear that word ever again. But this is going to be the walk that fucking duck of the season, isn't it? It's going to be on t-shirts. It, it could be up there, yeah. That's her new oh. merch. Eloquent. Um, the first interrogation scene between Candy Kahana lacked humor until we got to the where the is the body, Akira is the body. That made me cackle. That was really, really smart. So good improvisation between the two of them there. And Jimbo was so close to taking this challenge with the role of evidence. I'm sorry, the accent and the shtick finger, brilliant. She committed to the bit. And it was so vile and gross and campy. And that's how you take a character and make it brilliant. Um, Jimbo likes gross out humor. It's not something we always see that much in the world of drag because drag is beautiful and elegant. And that's kind of what I appreciate about Jimbo bringing here is like, you can do gross out humor. Next up, every single bit Jimbo did was smart. Whether it was spraying the spray in her mouth, it was all full of purpose, um, fully realized. And obviously, we're, we ha- that was makeup on her finger, correct? Jenny, right? That was makeup. That wasn't um, other stuff. I, I, I hope it was. I don't... <laughs> it was very convincing. I don't know if she found what James Mansfield left for them, but. Um... I was going to say, it's full circle. Maybe she found uh, that evidence. Um, now, Jessica, in interrogation, who is Luis Fernando? Uh, get him on the show. We got questions for him. I love that she just came up with a random name that could be literally anyone. And I'm guaranteeing there's probably one homosexual named Luis Fernando thinking that she was talking about him. And then her line, I didn't do anything to disappear, Lil Pound Cake. 
I was in my thoughts because that slutty slut stole my man, but I'm not a Republican and I didn't kill Little Pound Cake. That's going to be my alibi if I'm ever in trouble. Where did the Republican part come from? She was just saying words. It was very funny. Yeah, I think the lost in translations come in the mix there too. It just she plays on that. She's like, it don't matter. I throw crap in a blender; it all works. Literally. Now, I think Alexis in the Flatbush line was very hilarious. Obviously, every bush was flattened. It worked in a way to reveal that she was a lesbian without being overt and saying I'm a lesbian. Very smart. I think she could have taken that accent, that Brooklyn accent she was doing, and leaned into it even harder, and it could have been campier. Um, why didn't she? What was she afraid of? Um, I feel like, yeah, she just didn't have her like she didn't. I don't. I don't know if it was like maybe because of all the personal stuff happening beforehand, but like she didn't. She wasn't able to find her. She did have a character, but like she didn't go there with it, and she couldn't find her moment out of all of this. Yeah. Um, and then we got to the stock news report videos. There were actual people being like, who is that person? And I wanted to comment so badly and be like, that is from just a regular like Google search. Like they took it off of the internet. Um, let's be real. Those are not real actors. They don't have that money. And then the thing that works in improv is yes. And when Candy goes, tell me what you have to Alexis and Jimbo is the one that responds with besides herpes. That's how you make a scene funny. It wasn't her part, but she she inserted herself. Lala, um, there's a little pound cake in, as the, in the tip. Very silly. Very, very silly getting caught. I just didn't find the candy and the lollipop bit funny. Like, if you're going to do the lollipop on Drag Race, you got to go full Jilly Caliente. It's candy. Harder. Yeah. Candy just didn't have the comedy needed to play this role. She should have been in the bottom, personally, I think. And Alexis didn't have enough scenes to play up her character, except the you will never be glamour in the reenactment scene. More of that would have helped if she inserted it throughout the, um, the scene. Rue, playing Lala, playing Sher- Sherry Coleman was wild. Um, and the way that she destroyed a little pound cake, I like to think that was what she wants to do to Alaska every time she gets more power to overtake her as the top drag queen supreme of the world. Uh, so I think that was Rue getting her anger out on Alaska. Did you expect Rue to be in the actual Rue enactment? I did not. I think I had to like, I did a double take because I was yeah. like, I saw the uniform and I was like, oh, it's Lala. And then I was like, oh wait, that's not Lala. <laughs> it's Rue. Um, I think this could have been like a really silly series on WoW Presents Plus. Hire me. I'll help write it. Um, this was the season of All-Stars that never aired. Does, does, do either of you remember um, that little television program known as The Real World? I've heard of it. Uh, there was a, a, a throwback movie called The Lost Season of The Real World where it was like a whole horror movie and people die or whatever. This is what this reminded me of. I thought this was really fun. And then Lil Pound Cake being put back together and not being voiced by Alaska was the biggest mistake of this entire challenge. Give the girl a moment. She is literally a winner of Drag Race All-Stars. 
give her like five hundred dollars to come in and make one line. I, crowdfund it. We would want it. Though I would pay for it. Not really, but I would pay for it. Overall, what did you think? Was this a good challenge? Bad challenge, Jenny? Um, I personally enjoyed it. I think it was probably one of the better improv challenges. Agreed. I think with improv challenges is like they can either be really good or they could be really really bad so i'm glad this wasn't yeah i mean i think the good thing was is they all had enough time to explore their character there was enough of an arc for most of them uh devin what was missing anything or are you satisfied uh i think overall like it was a to me, it was like a nice change from the challenges that they always do of like the let's reenact this TV show. Let's reenact this TV show. Like it's where it's even though this is a TV show, it's like it wasn't the same like, OK, now we bitch slap each other. Now we yeah. storm out the door like is it was it was its own entity. Good. It was just better. Um, yeah. Just, you know, I'm just, the, you know, you all you know, the blueprint of. You know, here's ten, the 10 episode season. You know what's all going to be coming every right. time. So, yeah, it's definitely better. It is Elimination Day, and it's time to see who improv their way to the top. Jessica thinks she stayed in character and has a chance to win the challenge. Lala reveals she almost killed herself in a golf cart. I don't drive. I don't like driving, but I want to drive a golf cart so badly. They look like so much fun. Have either of you been uh, a golf cart driver? I've never driven one, but I've been on one. They're fun. Golf carts are having so much more life on Drag Race this season. Two seasons in a row this this year, we had it on um, season fifteen. We had it this season. At, at some point, it's going to be a cast member. They call it a golf cart budget now. They do. They got it. Jimbo tells Alexis that she had fun doing a scene with her and Candy. But they also both wish they had more time. Alexis specifically wishes she had more time with Jimbo Stinkfinger. And I am sure Jimbo will give her to Stinkfinger after filming. Did Jimbo wipe her hands before doing her makeup? That's the question. No, she did not. Kahana's feeling better. She was fully about to give up on that roller coaster, but she felt she had peaked. And with everything going on, she didn't think she could bounce back from it. It has been emotional and pushed her beyond her limits. She says she is glad to have stayed and had fun. She will thank Jimbo for all the advice she gave her, and she applied it. She felt she was doing her best. Look at Jimbo being an acting coach. And y'all, if you want a cheaper acting coach for getting ready for Drag Race, hire me. I can do it. I can help you. I watch all these shows, so you don't have to, and I can advise. Let's check in with Candy and Alexis feeling. How are they feeling after all this happened the day before? Well, Candy fucking hates her well she's joking she <laughs> says that being there quote seven weeks there is tension and they are so exhausted and it was just one of those days where they cracked could you imagine if this was actually seven weeks in they would be really cracking but <laughs> oh they would they there would there would be an actual death on that uh, on that set and let's be real rue does not have seven weeks to film a single season rue's got to film 40 seasons in a single year mm-hmm and Lingo. Don't forget about Lingo. We still got to film Lingo. Alexis will say she owned her part as she let the stress of the competition get the better of her. She was relieved that she and Candy were able to work out their differences because she is not looking to make any enemies out of anyone or give anyone a reason to pull her lipstick. 
Lala will bring up Mamaru coming in and gathering her children. Lala compares it to when she got an F on her report card. Did either of you get Fs in your youth? I think I got a one. <gasps> For what? Um, was it physical her, education? Uh, no, I was... I'm, I'm going to toot my own. I still have records at my elementary and junior high school for track and field. Were you running away from bullies? That too. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's how I ran so fast. Um, what was the question? <laughs> what did you get an F in? Oh, um, no, like I think it was this junior high French class. Like I, I did like a, like, cause we had like three or four reports through the year. Um, and I was doing fine. And then my last report, I got like a full on F for it. And I was like, how's your French strong. now? My dad's like, who cares? It's French. <laughs> how's your French now? <laughs> Probably even worse. than it is. Call your friend, Nikki. She'll help you out. Actually, I was just talk- chatting with her today. Um, will we see any of Amp's accessories on the upcoming season of Drag Race France season two? I would just have to say you should just tune in and find out ah, can't wait can't wait <laughs> diplomatic answer of course <laughs> lala says that she appreciated rue doing it because she says she didn't have to do it and wholeheartedly i disagree if this ship goes down rue is the captain she needs to save it like rue has to do this um as i've said on the podcast before many many times supreme deluxe of drag race España. She has had contestants want to quit. She has literally walked in that workroom in face before the main stage to talk people off ledges. Rue got to do the same thing. So I'm, I'm glad this happened. Now, Kahana believes Rue helped them relieve so much weight and Alexis feels she helped put it in perspective that this is fun and opportunity. And Jessica will bring up that when you hit your 40s, you think that your career is over. And in that moment, I was like, how do I stop time before I reach that point? Because it's coming sooner than I think. Candy jokes that now Jessica will be 60 up in the club. Very shady. Um, do either of you know how to stop time? No. Do I just need to get Botox? Will Botox help? Yeah. Botox does help, but it doesn't make it permanent. I still feel like i'm like in my 20s it's really bad by the time i get to my 40s and i'm still acting like i'm 20 something i'm gonna get canceled probably Everybody or it's canceled. gonna be easier for me to get twinks that's probably what's gonna end up being um depends on how much yeah you're right you're right uh, <laughs> let me go into a lotto or let me go in a reality show Hey, I am auditioning for Survivor this season, so who, who knows? Maybe I can get some money go by starving myself for 29 days. All right, Jimbo, we'll call out Candy for the glitter that she claims is on her eye, but really it's all over her face. And I want to just share with everybody, that is me if I ever apply glitter for a time going out and like for pride or whatever. Um, I'm not... I, how do you apply glitter and not get it on all over your face? Jenny, give me a hint. Help me here. Um, when I figure it out, I will let you know because I do the same thing. I'm like, this is going on my eye. Oops! Literally, it's <laughs> terrible. I, I have, I have once had my friend um, get ready at my apartment for a drag show, and they dropped my glitter, <laughs> and for a year and a half, I was still finding glitter all over my apartment. Glitter it's the herpes in the world. Literally, it really is. 
All right. Well, the girls don't know what's going to happen next, and Lala's hole just clenched up. Let's bring it to the runway. Mama Roo is wearing a license plate belt, and it reads U-B-T-T-W-R-K. She wants us to believe that it means you better work, but I think it's you butt work. Right? It's got to be you butt work. That too. It's... It was a choice. I don't think she realized that she was going to be mocked so hard for wearing this look. I did Devin, look you... at the, was like, she committed to a bodysuit, though. And oh, that she... I applaud her for. She did it, and Michelle had no words for her about that. Uh, Devin, do you have a vanity plate? I do, actually. <laughs> Fuck you. No, you don't. What does it say? Um, it says amped one. I knew it. How did I know you did? I had I didn't know before this. I wow, it makes sense. Everything's making sense. It's, uh-huh. I've only had it for maybe six months, so okay. it's like it's it's okay. a newer thing. Uh, Jenny, if you were going to get any vanity uh, license plate, what would it say? Um, it would say you butt work. <laughs> yeah, I love it. All right. Our panel this week includes Michelle Visage, Carson Cressley, and Javisilis. I was like, who? Who are you? Do either are you either of you familiar with her work? No, not really. Batgirl? Mm. Batwoman? I don't know. I I'm a Marvel kid. I don't do DC comics. Mm-mm. All right, category is Miss Fill in the Blank. And in honor of this terrible, terrible category that set up these girls for failure, we're going to play Fill Her Up or Running on Empty. We will begin with Jessica Wilde doing Miss Sausage Party. Now, I'm just going to preface this right now. There are a lot of queens who still don't have their looks up, so I cannot credit designers. If a certain designer on this podcast is part of their collaborative team for this look please tell me so like i said the jessica wild no designers listed did you do this one uh if i did i didn't look that closely odds are earrings and ring maybe okay i think this was a very smart branding moment and very campy the dress is so simple and easily just to repurpose for this challenge but the smart part was the sausages in the crown with the sausages in it but imagine if that crown was fully encrusted with sausages. It does the job, but it could have been even stronger. And I think she could have won the, won the week if it was an even better look. Jenny, what did you think? Yeah, I think it was it was cute. Um, I think it was a little, the dress was a little basic. Um, the hair was fine. Like it, 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 it hit the spot. You knew what she was going for with like the sausage so like it, it fit the assignment now Devin, i know that you have made a scepter with a wiener on it yes yeah for rita bega yes uh, you did yes um what did you think of this look uh like it's it's good i go i think I, I, on a practical standpoint, she can reuse the outfit much right. easier than um, because some of these looks are getting so specific that they're like, I'm literally going to spend thousands on an outfit for the show and it will never get worn again. Yep. So I, on a practical standpoint, very smart. 
Um, it's like she could have probably like jazzed up the sausages a bit better. Maybe like the the crown was kind of limp. <laughs> Ironically, okay, so confirm not your crown. <laughs> no, I no, I didn't make a hot dog crown. No. So Carson says she is an Oscar minor winner, saying it's still fun and she's still giving full body and says it's very effective for the challenge. Davicia says she's a vegan, but she'd still eat her sausage. Michelle says she's clearly insane in all the best ways possible. She says she laughed a lot at what she did. Her favorite quote was her, she likes soft tacos, soft shell tacos. It resonated with her. And Rue says she was natural with the improv as she had a character and knew who the character was with the point of view. I will give this a very soft fill her up. Yeah, I'll go soft. Well, because all of her sausages are limp. So yeah, it's soft. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's... It's also a soft film, yeah. It it's not my favorite, but it works. Audience right in the middle, 58% filler up, 42% running on empty. Kahana Montrese as Miss Tired Ass Showgirl. While she has not tagged anybody in anything, because um, if anyone is paying attention to social media, she had a little bit of an emotional breakdown this week and uh deleted everything. Uh, but she is back. But I can tell you that the jewels on this look are by Ant Accessories. Now, the elements that make this look are divine, but she needed to play into the play on words even further. Perhaps even a jewel-encrusted sleep mask or having a pillow or a blanket to reveal into the look. It was almost there. The hair is lovely. The dress is lovely. The shoulder piece and the jewel set are lovely. It just needed to lean into the tired-ass showgirl to be successful. Devin, tell us about this look. It's good. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, so what was the design process? What was the collaboration process? What can you tell us? Um, she, well, I guess without saying like word for conversation, the general, she would need to something just like elevated, hasn't been done kind of thing. So I, I didn't necessarily know the full theme of what was going to be happening, but mm-hmm. um, we knew it was going to be pageant glamour-ish. So um basically just figured out like colors. Like I always start with that and be like, Hey, what's the color? What's the vibe? What's the style? And, um, literally texting pictures back and forth of colors and shapes and stuff, and then kind of filtering it down from there. So uh, you can definitely check out our new TikTok account with the, some of the production pictures of it. Um, but yeah, it was, it, it was a very interesting, project how long <laughs> did it take anything like that so um i'd say we didn't work like 24 hours a day on it or anything but like start to finish with all the stuff we did for her um it was out the door in about two weeks okay not bad so it, wasn't, it wasn't too crazy but that and it was just doing a bit here and then doing work doing other stuff too now so obviously was, trying to get a fitting in with this um not very possible uh did you have like a sh- a shoulder dimension is that even a thing can you measure people's shoulders like how did, how did you make sure it draped the right way um the we i basically just asked for a lot of different measurements of like how did she want it to sit like how was the gown cut so that to kind of work around that mm-hmm. um but for the most part it was just figure out like what's the like from the side of the neck to the end of the shoulder just so i knew how much to work with the shoulder piece and then from edge of the shoulder down to the wrist like that kind of stuff. And then just kind of reverse engineered it a little bit. Nice. So. 
All right. So not talking about your own work. What else did you think about this uh, look from Kahana? Overall, like the, the, with, with taking the physical theme out of it of like tired ass showgirl, like overall the visual great. It was something very Absolutely. different, very cohesive. And I, I saw a picture of her in the outfit before, like right when she got the piece from us about a year ago. So uh, I, I saw that I was like, works like perfect color match like we worked did our due diligence on that but um i think she could have played up the actual theme of the tired ass part much yeah. more right um she got the showgirl dot like she she can do showgirl in her sleep so ironically <laughs> jenny what did you think of this look um i think it was great i mean i think you both mentioned it i think like i don't get tired ass showgirl from that like I feel like it could have played more with theme, but like the actual look itself, if you take that away, is like probably the most stunning thing that has walked down this runway this season. Like it, it really, like that's not a bad look to like go out on. No, not at all. Uh, Devin, do you anticipate people wanting more shoulder pieces for pageants like this? Um, I've been. Asked, it kind of started Canada's Drag Race season one, where we did that jeweled top for Lone of Early. Right, 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 right. Um, and then, because I was like, well, like we could do kind of a Beyonce top type thing. And then, like, people, they asked about it. They're like, well, what, how can you do jeweled clothing for me? And because of the, it's it'll be a thing if you have the money. It's because it's very, very labor intensive. It takes a long time. Um, it's not just the, it's not just the cost of the supplies. It's like the weeks of work going into it. And it's, it's a lot of work. So, um, Jenny, but, start saving up. Is <laughs> basically whatever people can dream up, we can figure out a way to do it. It's just a lot of times it co- does come down to dollars and cents of kind of what. That's fair. Like how far you can go with what, what reality is. All right. Jasivia says there ain't nothing tired about her. She says she looks amazing and perfect. Carson says head to toe, everything's spectacular. He thinks it's mislabeled, but the look is beautiful. Michelle says I'm a fox. She is. She says her character was having a struggle in the beginning as if she was unsure of herself, but somewhere toward the middle, she started to have fun. She says it was enjoyable to watch as she wasn't nervous for her. This is Kahana 2.0. Rue says this is, she has it in her to do this and giving herself permission to act a fool or go act crazy is that breakthrough. She says she is class act and beautiful. And she got that Kahana will say that there was a click that she, that said it ain't serious. Just go with it. And she let loose as it was the funniest, uh, funnest she's had in the competition so far. I will give this a fill her up because it's stunning, but it needed to be better for the theme. Where are you two going? Uh, I, I will give her a fill her up as well. I think. I, I, I yeah, it, it needs to be a little better for the theme, but like, it was so stunning like literally everything was like perfect otherwise yeah i would say like i'd give her a filler up for the overall look yeah then a a soft fill it up for the the actual concept audience they're very much how we're feeling 67 percent filler up 33 percent running on empty next we have la la re miss bootlegger no designers listed i'm not sure where how or why she got 
to this as her theme, but it was silly and campy. Was it fashion? No, it was far from it. It was very tacky. I think the gold cheap chains fit well with the cheap gold tracksuit. I just wish she had even more props because if she's bootlegging, like give me a jacket with fake watches and bracelets as well. Like she could have gone even further. Also, why an Asia O'Hara bootleg DVD? That I didn't get. Maybe it's a reference I missed. Jenny, what did you think? Um, I think it was good. I think, is it like the most high fashion look or like most like high glam? No, but it, so in like comparison to the other looks, this one kind of like fell flat on the, like the look itself, but like it was so funny and like, like even like the hair, the sash on backwards, like the way she like sold it down the runway mm -hmm. like i'd rather for a category like this i'd rather her go that route than like try to be high glamour but like not have like a concept so like a plus for the concepts maybe the execution could have been a little higher i agree devin i didn't i didn't love it because i like without her having the sash on like you're like okay she's just going for groceries right it, so i i guess i didn't really i didn't really see the connection with the with that part it's a cool look though it's but i wasn't screaming the theme in my mind so carson says she created the characters beautifully so beautifully with her acting and through her nails michelle says at one point she said what the fuck is she even talking about but it says it worked and it was funny she says her look speaks to her on so many levels Jacivia says it was her show as she brought energy life she says in an improv it's about keeping the ball in the air and she never dropped the ball because she is talented rue says she loves how she overcompensated for her guilt she says it was very obvious that she did it and it was a great character choice she says she really showed up this week and showed out I'm going to give this a soft running on empty. Where are you guys going? I'm about the same. I, I can't give it a go team on the, on the concept in my mind, but it's fine. Not a bad look. Um, I'm going to go against the pack a little bit. I'm going to say a soft filler up. And the audience um, agrees with you. 60% filler up, 40% running on empty. Yeah, I think I think the concept I think it did work. I think it, it took a minute to get, but I think it did work. And I think that compared to especially compared to some of the looks she has brought this season, I think this was this was a step up for her. Yeah. All right, next up, Candy Muse, Miss Arrogant. No designers listed. So here's the thing. I see the reference to her star quality moment in Untucks with the color story of the look. Candy is Miss Arrogant, but there is nothing about the look that screams it. She needed to either go even bigger or pick a different concept. As far as the silhouette, I'm kind of bored of the short dress thing. The proportions are not there. And those crowns are cheap. If you're going to be arrogant, you got to show how arrogant you are. Um, Devin? <laughs> I, yeah, well, I, and it's not even being biased, but they like she could have gotten like better crowns than that just off any other store than claire's or dean's or whatever it's just right yeah, like birthday birthday quinceanera crown come on um i i will say i have not been a fan of basically any of her really looks for most of the season because it's everything's a bodysuit or a version of a bodysuit 
I'm I'm so over it. So, eh. and plus, this just it has fun fur. Like, <laughs> yeah, it does. Jenny. Yeah, I was not a fan of this. Um, I think it kind of like swallowed her whole. Like, she doesn't have a neck at all in this. Yeah. And I don't get why there's like those black feathers coming off the thing. Like, the black feathers mixed with the fur, mixed with the weird length of the thing. And then the hair is stunning. Yes. I think she could have done so much more with the outfit itself, though. Michelle says her issue was she was excited for her to play a character and felt she was playing herself. Carson says he was okay with the performances. The lollipop deserves the best supporting actress nod. He's just not really sure how this look supports the title. Jacivia says she feels the arrogance in the hair and she loves it. She doesn't know how, uh, if she would hire her as a director, but she definitely cast her as one of her favorite direct detectives. Rue says she didn't go far away from the candy character, which is fine with her because she loves the candy character, but says it was a little confusing because she was saying that she was not a real detective, but in the interrogation room, she was a detective and made her laugh, though. It's running on empty for me. Yeah. She's fully run out in my books. So, <laughs> audience, thirty percent filler up, seventy percent running on empty. Alexis, Michelle, Miss Man Pig, no designers listed. Devin, there may be a one, two, three, four, five or six pieces of Ampton. <laughs> okay, I thought so. I was like, "This is over yours." All right, uh, she is so horny this season. Like, this is her new brand. Like, good for you. I think the design of this gown is exquisite. I love how fashionable it is and marrying marrying it with camp. It's just perfect. The jewels are great. The hair is wonderful. The, the color, amazing. She is beaming. Um, I, I just got it. Okay. Having the train be a hanky was really smart, but is she really trying to tell us, like, this is her second reference to a red bandana. Is she really trying to clue us into something? And I got to know, is that a butt plug on that scepter? Devin. Uh, no, so if you look really close in the crown and scepter, it's actually dicks with balls. Okay. If you look, and then how far we go with this, but there's little pearls on the ends of them to stop it. Devin, ew, that's gross. Okay, tell us how you this, got to that. I didn't get to it. This is what we went. This is how we were going with this. this is how it all came together um a little from the gist i got she wanted to actually be called um miss dick pig but she had to rename it i don't know if it was because it is too far or now that i see jessica that was the sausage one like I think they need to have a bit more of a break because they have to submit these ahead of time. So Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Um, Love behind the scenes info. Thank you. Um, so, is this the first time you've done a dual dick? I I had a client who wanted a bunch of like small versions as pins that they gave out to all their friends, but um it's it's not my go-to thing. I dare I ask, did you have a template? No, no, I did not. <laughs> no. All right. So talk about the look. What did you think? I think like I, I like how the gown came together. And then it took me a minute, but then I realized like the top of the 
down. I'm like, it was the the jocks are plastic. That I was like, ah, I get like it's smart because it yeah. literally looks like it's it, like it was a very well thought out look for a lot of it. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, like she's she's the kind of person she's very like head to toe, every little detail. She very she's very particular with it. This, this, she's a theater queen. That's like, how we do it. And because she was very specific, she like I want a pearl necklace. I'm like, and now I'm like, now I fully see where she's going with this. And so we did like the pearl neckline with it, just to, like these little hidden things. She's very aware of. So it's she's actually real. She's a she's fun to work with with Absolutely. stuff like that. Jenny, what did you think? Um, I think it was I think it was great. I think the execution was amazing. I think. I think it was definitely, I definitely didn't expect it. I think there was like maybe one or two things that like, there were a lot of like Easter eggs that like, I'm like, maybe, I don't know if we needed both the red bandana and the yellow piece stain at the bottom. Yeah, that one might have, yeah. Like maybe she could have picked one or the other, but like, it, honestly, that it was like, the execution was so good and the hair looks stunning on her and like this is yeah just the cutout of the silhouette making it look like a jock strap it was so well done i i can't wait to find out who actually made this um gown because it's so good Michelle says that she always comes prepared. She says she thinks where sometimes she does herself a disservice is she's so prepared that if she forgets to have fun, she says she had a character but needed to take it off, take off, and it didn't. She says this look did. Carson says the look is what great drag is all about as it has a point of view and has a story and made them feel something. He says he's a little itchy right now. He says the performance felt a little more like a monologue. Just if he just wanted to see a little bit more energy and thinks they would have had a full rounder character. And Rue says that the thing that was missing was the fun part. Reckless abandon. It's a filler up. This is one of my favorite looks of the season. Hmm. I just thought it. Uh, somebody named Florence did her gown. Florence Lee. Okay, uh, we love shout out Florence Lee. Love it. Um, fill her up. Yeah, but same for me. Yeah, I would. I would definitely say fill her up. Audience ninety one percent fill her up, nine percent running on empty. Jimbo, Miss Tits McGee, two thousand three. Look by Alice Victoria Creative. Hair by wigs by Light. Nails by Evelyn Vera. Nails and jewels by. Amped accessories. Uh, there they are. Uh, the big old titties. Um, big old titties, tickle bitties. Uh, this works for branding for Jimbo. I wish she did select the most basic of drag fabrics as we've seen them millions of times at this point. But as far as the story is concerned, I buy it. Um, we're going to talk about that necklace because um, it felt like it was very, very big to get around that giant breastplate and sit the way it does. Love this hair. I love how she is serving pageant in the campiest of ways. This is stupid and it's Jimbo and Jimbo's stupid and it's so fun. Jenny? Um, yeah, I think it was good. Um, I think the fabric did annoy me especially like the differences in pinks from like yeah. the shirt and the top um i mean it's definitely great for branding i think with some of the other looks jimbo has been bringing this season this one disappointed me slightly um but i guess 
you know, you're going to have like at least a few that not everyone likes, but like otherwise, I mean, it's definitely still stunning. That hair looks amazing and everything is, everything is executed well. Yeah. Devin, tell us about what you did. This actually, he already had. Um, oh. So, so it wasn't a specific thing for him. We we did, I don't know if he's worn it yet. We did we did a couple other pieces for him. Um, but he's he's a huge amped person. So he's got so much stuff from us. So he had a lot to pull from. Um, it's like, uh, he's, I think, since Canada's Drag Race, he's really learned how to like blend and filter and like elevate and class things up a little bit, but still keep his camp to it, which I really mm-hmm. like. Um, like his makeup, hands down, has gotten so much better since his first season. Like drawing with crayons, you know. <laughs> to now. Is this glamour? Is Jeffrey Boyer Chapman going to be happy? I, I, is he ever going to be happy? No, that man never. <laughs> Absolutely not. Like overall, like it's on brand. It's it, it was weird seeing him. Was it last week without a breastplate on? Right. But at the same time, he in my mind he still did that look well. So it's but it's now it's like very he knows his brand and he he plays with it well. So I, I really like that he just went that much bigger with it. Literally. <laughs> Jacivia says, if you look up commitment in the dictionary, there will be a picture of her tits. I mean, face. She says, shtick finger, have them all disgusted in the most amazing ways. Carson says, she swiped, she swabbed and fingered her way into their hearts. Michelle says, this look is traditional. Jimbo only heightened by at least 7,000 cc's. She doesn't know if she can find any bigger ones. She says, they uh, love a point of view and she had one through the whole challenge. Rue says, she has a really twisted mind and this is the place for the really twisted mind. I will give her a filler up. Yeah, fill her up. Audience, 89% fill her up, 11% running on empty. Now, since the fame games are upon us, let's discuss the eliminated queens. First up is Darian Lake, Miss Shapen. Look by Michelle Lesniak, hair by Catherine Ross. See, this is a pun. I love puns, and this works. This was a great opportunity for her to play with a silhouette that doesn't fit her anymore because the folds and that the jacket created and the hair being askew, it all played into the story. I think it works. Now, could she have taken the same pun and gone in a different way and done like a pageant look with parts of the body not right? Yes. Could she have done a dissertation on plastic surgery in this look? Yes. But she did this and it still worked. Jenny? Um, I think the concept is amazing. <laughs> I think she's like the first one that's taken it. Maybe the only one um, that's taken it to like a pun level. Yes. Um, and I think I think I think it worked. I think maybe she was trying to be a little too high fashion with it when it didn't really need to be. She could have just like stayed there in camp land and it like still be like a decent look. Um, but honestly, I mean, she's been turning it out for the fame games. So she really has. Yeah. Devin. Uh yeah, this is the first time I'm actually seeing the look because I haven't really been following the after looks, but um I, I love it because it's like I love the oversized slouchy like it's it looks comfy but it's like still like brandy and glamorous at the same time it's like but not pretty glamorous it's, just, it's almost like that I don't know what you even call it but um yeah I, I like that it's just something different but 
she's learning to um she's always poking fun at herself with it that she's actually right. lost all the weight and then makes you think so that's yeah, I, I like it i think it's fun i'll give her a filler up yeah fill her up audience 80 percent filler up 20 percent running on empty james mansfield miss queen of the ring row by velarde designs belt by jonathan charles and jacob Mulhausen, hair by james this was a major missed opportunity i mean without the title i never would have understood it if she was going wrestler like go even further this looks like an eve 6000 knockoff and just something james had in her closet it didn't work with the title even if she had the belt devin thoughts I still don't know what the theme is, so <laughs> she's supposed to be like a wrestler, I guess. It just it didn't make sense. Mm. Overall, like the look, if you take the concept out, look, good look, fun look. Um, but that I don't I can't see the connection of the theme, but she looks good. Like if you're gonna be like a wrestler or a boxer, like there's a specific kind of like robe you wear, and that's not what this is. Jenny, do you have any insight to what happened? Yeah, I don't, I don't get it, um, really. I mean, like, the robe itself is pretty cute. I would have loved if there was, like, a reveal, like, something under the robe. Yeah. Like, it had, like, Miss whatever, like, on it under name, maybe. Um, but I'm also very annoyed by, like, those shoes with the robe. <laughs> yeah. I just, I don't know, those boots with, like, the robe on, on, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't like it. Running on empty for me, absolutely. Yeah, running on empty. Mm, yeah. Audience, 52% filler up, 48% running on empty. Monica Beverly Hills, Miss Sunlight on the Skin, no designers listed. I didn't get it, but apparently it's a throwback to season five, which means maybe I need to go back to season five and watch mm-hmm. her journey. Um, again, we have a Bob Mackie knockoff that we just saw last season, and somehow that's supposed to help represent the theme of sunlight on the skin. This just feels like a very confused young woman who has not watched Drag Race in a decade and was forced to go on the show. I, I, I don't. I, I, I can't justify it. Jenny, can you help me out here, please? Um, yeah, I also didn't get the reference until like I saw people point out the reference. Um, it's cute, but like a lot of her her fan games look have like just been just cute. Like I, the, yeah, this is giving me very what Lux wore last season, but like mm-hmm. Lux did it better in my opinion. Yes. Um, on like probably a smaller budget. I don't know. I don't know their budgets, but like it, it just it didn't take it there for me. Devin. Without the sash, I like even then I'm like, eh, okay, it's a cute shredded dress kind of the concept. Uh, I saw the, I don't know if it was she posted or just somebody had like the actual clip from their acting challenge that she was referencing for this, and I'm still like, I don't, I still don't really get it. So, yeah. um, it's running on empty for me. So I'm glad to see her back though. That was. I was happy about that, but yeah, running on empty. Can't I can't save it. Yeah, same. Audience, twenty one percent fill her up, seventy nine percent running on empty. Mrs. Kasha Davis, Mrs. Senior Citizen slash Miss Ariana Grandma, 
look by the drag shop, hair by looks by Carlos. I think the concept was brilliant. The execution could have been a little stronger when it came to the reveal. I wish we didn't see the reveal under the old lady poncho, but when she showed the Ariana grandma look, it was brilliant. Also, that silhouette is what Darian Warfer asked the world turns runway. So clearly their designer didn't talk to them and be like, hey, maybe one of you should like maybe think of a different look. Uh, that being said, this was fun and flirty and campy and exactly who Mrs. Kasha Davis is. Devin? Yeah, it's like I she's very much like she's she knows what she likes and she works with that. And she's just like, that's what I'm comfortable in. That's what I like. It's what, what I go for. Yeah, if I if the cover up was closed up better and not showing that there's fully another outfit underneath it, I would have liked that more. Yeah. She looks good. But like if she had that Brooklyn Heights um, poncho reveal moment, that would have like yeah, that would have been yeah. It, like she looks cool. good, but yeah, Jenny. Yeah, I feel like Mrs. Costa Davis has been like in her own lane. Um, this whole season and half the time I don't know what's going on but like same here kind of but like in the best way possible like I love like the play on words like Ariana Grandma um, yeah I <laughs> wish the reveal was tied in a little better um, I'll also like I feel like I feel like if the the shoes match the outfit better, which matched the reveal better. Like there's a lot of different colors going on and sure. it just didn't like the de details kind of like throw it off. I'm going to give her a soft to fill her up. Yeah, I will give, I'll give her a filler up. I think it's still, I think it's still looked cute either way. Devin. That's overall, yeah, that's, I think it's about the same. Audience, 74% filler up, 26% running on empty. And finally, Nasha Lopez, Miss Shady Lady, no designers listed. I get what she was going for, and I think the reference shade, with the shady quotes from Drag Race, very, very smart. I wish I could have seen the glasses on her dress a little better, because you can barely tell that is what's on the um, torso part. You just also wish that this theme fit her. She is not a shady lady. Like this, doing Miss Shady Lady could have worked for so many other queens of the season. Now, as far as what she is wearing, it is exceptional. The dress is stunning. The crown is magnificent. And the way that she had the train of quotes worked really smart for the look. It's just not Nasha, And that's my biggest problem. But overall, I'm impressed with what she came up with. Jenny? Yeah, I mean, I think honestly... The look is stunning. Um, the sash itself is even probably like the best sash out of <laughs> anyone else's looks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think this is like super thought out. Um, like it, it's all around stunning, and I don't really have anything other to say than like she knew what she wanted and she executed it very well. I'm actually looking. As I look at it, I'm seeing more and more details. Like mm -hmm. I'm looking at that crown right now, and like that was like stunning how that was put together. Absolutely, Devin. Um, it's it's not bad. It's it's very. Uh, now that I like I look and I'm like, okay, I guess yeah. Now I see like all the glasses in there and 
playing on that and then but that's um not my favorite look i've ever seen her in like she's she naturally always looks stunning she's always very like she just looks great no matter what she does and i think this look actually took away from how good she always looks yeah in my mind so i'm gonna give her a filler up yeah i'm also gonna give her a filler up i think i'm i'm right in the middle i don't know if i can pick good or bad audience 78 percent filler up 22% running empty. Now, based on the judges' critiques, Rue has decided that La La Ri is the winner of the week. Jimbo, Candy, and Jessica are safe, leaving Kahana and Alexis at the bottom two. I think Alexis's looks should have saved her from the bottom. I think Candy should have been in the bottom. But I do fully believe if Candy was in the bottom, she was gone. They would have pounced at the opportunity to eliminate her. And I so that's why I do not think Candy was in the bottom. What are your thoughts? Um, I thought I thought Candy also deserved to be in the bottom. I thought it should have been Candy and Alexis, to be honest. I thought Kahana's performance, even though it wasn't the best, I think it was good enough to get her safe along with her look. I mean, to be fair, we we've seen at this point in the competition in previous All-Star seasons three bottoms. Like this could have been a three-bottom moment. Yeah. Devin, what are your thoughts? Mm, yeah, it's, I am just going just off the runway. Like, Kahana's runway is good enough. Like, like, there's worse runways out there for sure. Um, obviously, I, I thought Candy should be in the bottom because, like, her look is... Yeah. <laughs> but, well, you know, production, production plays for that, I'm sure. Yeah. Look has changed. Votes are in. Let's get this, bitch. So who's this week's Lipstick Assassin? Well, we have guesses for Gigi Good and Simone, but it is the Pocket Rocket from season 14. Georges, hello, this. Uh, that bitch walked in high. Um, she didn't know where she was. She had no idea what the fuck she was doing. <laughs> and that's fine for her. I love that for her. That is a great journey to be on. Um, I got to meet her in, in London, and the interview was great, but she, no idea what was going on, and I love that. The song is about damn time by Lizzo. Georges was like, just give me my paycheck. We've seen her do better. Meanwhile, Lala's like, it can't be worse than what I did on season 13, when apparently she was also crowned a lip sync assassin. I think this is a great, incredible lip sync song. Neither of them gave me the Lizzo fantasy. I don't know. I, just, I wasn't impressed. What were your thoughts on the lip sync? Yeah, I think I think Lala gave it a little more for me. I think uh, yeah. Um well for I don't think the song was like suited for um George's at all. Like George's felt like so out of place during it. Um yeah. and then like Lala started off slow and I feel like towards the end she started giving that energy. Yeah, she overcompensated with her face, and that's what made it work. But also, when you're going up against Georges, who has no emotion in the face, it's easy to look good. Devin, what did you think of the lip sync? Mm, Could you do it, better? Uh, well, I'm not, I'll never say that. Um, because <laughs> <laughs> it, I guess maybe it's just a combination of... There's some lip syncs that I just feel don't land, where there's a combination of the two people doing it whether it's the song whether it's all of that i think there's 
it just it wasn't they weren't in it in my mind like it was just sort of we're just we're performing we're not actually in the song and doing it yeah well rue has decided to give lala re more money as she wins the lip sync who did she select well kahana is finally getting the chop her time is concluded it was time i agree it's about damn time did the right person go home I think it was. I think um, honestly, honestly, if I was there, I would have like, I would have kept Kahana. I would have been like, well, she's not competition now. Like after being in the bottom so many times, let me keep her in. That's um, but um, in terms of like what I think is actually fair, I do think it was the right choice. Devin, yeah, I think. Going just off track record of the initial top versus bottoms, yeah, because that was her fourth time. That alone, I think, was a good reason why. But I've always been like racking my brain of like, how could you build a point system of like when you're in the top or not in or in the bottom or neutral? Like, how can you have a point system to actually track through the whole season to while you're in that drag Wikipedia is for? Yeah, well, but when you're in the competition, you don't have that. So, oh, you know, they go back to their hotel room and they write it all out. And they say, okay, who's here with them? But yeah, I just always been curious, like how how would I figure that out? Like how would I rank everything to make it fair over everything? But yeah. Now I said we we're going to talk about untucked. Honestly, I don't think there's anything to talk about in untucked. Um, nothing really happened because I don't think anyone really wanted to rehash any of the drama. Uh, this was a very, very, very boring untucked. And uh, while Lala was like, it's 50-50, who's going to go home? I think she knew she had to get rid of Kahana, even though she is their sister. Um, the only highlight really was when they walked into untucked and Lil Pound Cake was sitting on the couch. That was funny. That, that's, that was about it. So Kahana is leaving on a high note. Uh, she thinks she can take on the world now. And dare I say, she can work the world because I just saw her last night on Work the World where I think she was a replacement for somebody. I think Rosé was supposed to be in the cast. And also, Sasha Colby was supposed to be on All-American Tour dates. Not true. She wasn't there. Um, but good times. Fun times. Let's wrap this podcast up with some burning questions. What is Kahana Montrese's legacy? Jenny? Um, I mean, I think fashion, I think she definitely gave the glamour and fashion this season um, in a season of like not a whole lot of fashion queens per se. I think um, I think she definitely is in like a good running for the fame games after this. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, compared to her first run at this, like she will be remembered. (laughs) I feel if the timing is right and she talks to production and says, how many acting challenges are going to be in it? I could see her on a verse the world season. I could see her coming back. Devin, what is your thought? What is Kana's legacy? That's well, she did better than last time. (laughs) She sure did. It was an Uh, upgrade upgrade for sure. I, like I was really, really happy to see her come back as well as James because they, like I've worked with both of them and like I just knew that there's so much more to what they do than what we saw in the show. Absolutely. Um, so I, I'm i happy to see that she 
came back. She's definitely elevated her look. She's learned to blend. She's learned to not wear a yellow wig. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I I really like that. Um, She's yeah, she's, I think she's just really learned who she is in like that time away. And yeah, I think overall she knows kind of like how to dress herself based on her new body and her new body parts and <laughs> enhancements. So. All right. Who won the week? Who had the best episode? I'm going to throw a curveball out here. I think the season won the week because we didn't get another queen to quit. So that's where my joke is coming to. Who had the best episode? Who was the winner in your eyes? Devin? Um, well, I'm, yeah, I'm always in, I'm always going to love Jimbo because, yeah. He's he's good. Uh, he he just kind of he has his own weird, messed up in his mind spin on everything he does, which I love. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I I've, I've he's always just himself, like with whatever he does. So it's he's not trying so hard with a lot of it. Except he should try harder on his lip syncs. Like we, uh-huh. that, like, you can teach him, right? <laughs> Jenny, no. who won the week? Um. I think it was. I think it was the right choice. I think Lala won. Like she had a good episode. Like I was dying during the improv challenge. So like either her or Jessica Wild. Like those two. Like were absolutely the standouts. It's a design challenge next week featuring boxes with previous All Star winners' materials inside. Who were we worried for, and why is it Lala Re again? I can't yeah. believe they're going to make her design something again. Out of the people remaining, most of them can like put together a look. <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still waiting on her during a design challenge. Like her last one was better, but like I'm hoping for like something even, even better. <laughs> I, I agree, uh, Devin. If you had to put a look together using patterns or objects or items or something inspired by one of the all-star winners who would you pick somebody to do it for me <laughs> fine yeah. Jenny, who would you pick um like who would i like for the materials part yeah um who are the um I just have to remind myself of the the winners. Honestly, um, I feel like Trixie Mattel's like like hot pinks and like those would be cute cute to play. Yeah, I and based on what it looks like, it's someone someone's got hot pink. So I think someone's got a Trixie box, but we'll find out. All right, ask it every week. After seven episodes, the winner of the season is Devin. Who's winning? Um, well. I think with number of wins for like so I think I think Jimbo is in the lead right now. Mm-hmm. But like there's a lot of other people that have really strong looks and really strong performances on other stuff. So um I I guess that's the only thing I can measure is like who's that physically won a challenge. So that's that's what that's what I'm going with. Jenny. Um who I want to win is um jessica wild i think i'm team jessica i can see it i mean listen stranger things have happened i'm gonna go with jimbo simply based on the numbers at this point in time but who knows we'll find out 
All right. Where can we find you both on social media, um, Venmo, and any projects you want to plug? Jenny? Yes. You can find me on Instagram and Venmo at, at Jenny Henny Drag. That's at Jenny Henny Drag. Um, and um, I am constantly do updating, like, if you're in the Philadelphia area, which is where I perform at, um, in Pennsylvania, then um, feel free to follow me and hit me up. I have a bunch of shows that I do post on Instagram, so uh, be sure to check that out. Um, but if you're not in the area, also feel free to follow me. <laughs> Devin? Uh, I, most of my stuff is uh, at Amped Accessories. That's, yeah, we, we have a new TikTok. We got our Instagram, we got our Facebook, we got, yeah. Amazing. And I'm sure we're going to see more amped accessories in the coming months. I don't know. We'll find out. You'll have to tune in to see. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you both for being here. This was fun. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Well, it's always a good time. <laughs>